You're listening to episode 35 of The Marketer's Mindset with Brian Burkhard. to the Marketer's Mindset, the podcast where we talk about how to create and sustain a powerful mindset to help you build a successful online business and lead a happy and abundant life. Hey, welcome everybody. Today's guest, I'm so excited to be talking about. She's a woman who has a path that is so similar to many of us who are searching for a better way of living our lives. A lot of us, we're in jobs that we dislike and we feel the ambition and drive to take control of our futures and go it alone. But what can it be like when you also have the burning passion to also help the world find a better way of living too? But you find the path that you created is actually destroying you little by little. Your dreams and ambitions are actually the very things that kick you in the teeth and stop you in your tracks. Well, my guest has been in corporate America and was used to hustling, working extremely hard every day, coming back for more again and again. And what she did and what she knew, but are taking the leap of faith and setting up her own coaching and consulting business, as well as serving her community and helping clients and friends find the passions and the path in life. She realized that she had taken on too much. It was so much that her body actually started shutting down. She had pushed herself to the limit of her personal endurance and hit a crossroads. And in her words, I created a trap for myself where I took that toxic environment that I had in the corporate world and created my own version. I was doing things that I was really excited about, but the problem was that I did not put any of me into any of that time. And so she stopped and assessed. She made the difficult decisions that went against who she was, but knew would make her who she wanted to be. And now with a flourishing business, a wonderful home life, and a great smile that literally covers the whole of her face, isn't she glad that she did just that? She's a business vision catalyst and is known for the fast transformations that she facilitates with her clients through working at the intersection, and I love this guys, of heart and head. She works with purpose-driven entrepreneurs to leverage their business and get their message out with power, ease, and joy so they can make a powerful, positive difference in the world, exponentially up-level their profits, shift their mindset towards possibility, and take a no-excuse approach to boldly creating a highly successful and meaningful business built around who they are. With her unique combination of right brain and left brain thinking, intuitive insights, passion, results-based coaching, powerful questioning, and strategic systematizing magic, in record time her clients dance with joy as their visions become reality in their business. She's been in business for herself since 2002. Prior to that, she consulted with Fortune 50 companies and led a team of 300 software developers and consultants. Plus, she has degrees in computer science, business information systems, and business human resources and marketing. And if that is not enough, she's also acquired over 20 certifications in various areas of business, productivity, 
and psychology since starting her business. Everybody, please welcome Stephanie Callahan to the show. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to come on and, and talk today. Great. Thanks so much, Stephanie. I know we had uh, some back and forth trying to connect and get together here, so I appreciate you getting the time and working with your schedule to be on here. So I'm excited. I really, what when we I am back and forth, what I loved is one of our discussions, and this kind of set me on fire when you said that you wanted to talk about building a business around who you really are versus who you think you need to be and how one finds out what they want, what audience they want to serve, and how to do it by being themselves instead of trying to emulate all these gurus are out there trying to tell you to do it this way or you're, you're trying to be like them and not really be yourself. So I'm excited about that topic today. Oh, and you know, it's something that really lights me up too because there are so many people, Brian, that are trying to be somebody else, right? And they're either yes. doing it consciously or, or subconsciously because there's a lot of coaches and consultants that will say, follow this 12-point blueprint and you're gonna have a really successful business. And that works great if that 12-point blueprint happens to match who you are. And it works horribly if that 12-point blueprint doesn't match you because you're you're really, I, I liken it to the, the toddler toy that little kids have where they're trying to fit the shapes into different holes and the holes are different shapes. And it's, you know, the square peg into a round hole. It just doesn't work. Right. Now, did you fall into that trap early on, Stephanie, where you were trying to emulate maybe a mentor or someone that you really looked up to or did you kind of discover that early on that no I need to be myself you know that's a fantastic question and actually one I've never been asked and it's a little bit of both I've always been authentic to who I am but not the complete me so you know you mentioned in in your intro all these different interest areas that I have and they're all legitimate interest areas I'm a lifelong learner, and so I have a lot of different skills and uh, geniuses that come with being Stephanie. And early on in running my business, I listened to coaches and consultants that told me that I had to niche very, very tightly. And what that ultimately did was it pigeonholed me into a certain type of service area. And while that service area was who I was, it wasn't the whole of me. And ultimately right. I found that I was talking people out of working with me after a few years. Um, I wasn't very good at sales at that point. And, and I had to sit back and really examine, okay, Stephanie, you used to be really good at sales. So what's going on here? You know, you just got off the phone and you talked a guy out of working with you. What, what's up with that? You know, kind of some yeah, self-analysis here. here, right? And, and I, I started getting real and saying, you know, I love this work, but it's, it's boring if that's all I do. And there's this whole other side of me that isn't getting any time to play, you know, not in my personal life and not in my business life. And, and I just, I ultimately got to the point where I gave myself permission to be all of me. And so you, know, you mentioned earlier, I work at the intersection of head and heart. And what that ultimately means for me is there's some inner mindset stuff that people need in order to be successful. And then there's some outer strategy work and implementation work to actually 
put systems in place in, in a business so that it can be successful and flourish. And early in my career, I only focused on that systems end. I only focused on the productivity end. And I didn't focus on this other side of me that really loves going deep and getting into what's going on with people. And what I found with my clients was that if, if you have mindset stuff that's going on that you're not addressing, it doesn't matter how good the business systems are. It doesn't matter how fancy your website is. It doesn't matter how awesome your business card is. If you haven't handled the stuff that's going on in between your ears and in your heart, then you're going to self-sabotage and there's, there's just a lot of stuff coming up. And I was finding that happening with my clients. The minute I allowed myself to be fully me, to tap into all the sides of me, to tap into the side of me that likes going really deep, to tap into the side of me that is strategic thinking as well. Then I started really loving what I do on a regular basis and my clients got better results. You know, so is it a little bit more complex to try to explain that in marketing language? Yeah, but that's, <laughs> yes. o- but that's okay. That's okay. I'm willing to take on that challenge and I just have to explain a little bit more. But the people that are meant to be my clients, when they hear that, they're like, oh my gosh, that's what I need. It's like holistic coaching. I'm like, right. And so it, it, it works for me. I love it. I think that's so important. And this is one of the things that I, I think is amazing and I think it's very important and i like to get your opinion on it. Um, basically, it was becoming self-aware, having self-awareness of who you are what made you happy and being authentic in your business. So let me ask you, Stephanie, how important do you think self-awareness is to, you know, building your business and designing it around who you actually are being authentic? Brian, it's, it's essential. You know, I call it owning what you want. I, I grew up in a small Midwestern town in a community where everybody knew me, whether I wanted them to or not. And everybody thought they knew even the deepest part of me. And I also grew up, I was one of those kids that didn't want to disappoint my parents. And, I didn't know that one. And so, and, and then going into school, I didn't want to disappoint my teachers. And then going into employment, I didn't want to disappoint my boss. And, and so all along that path, I was training myself to not own what I really wanted and to not even acknowledge what I really wanted uh, because I, I was uh, that person that just tried to please everybody, that people pleaser part of me came out pretty strong. And one thing that was really, really powerful for me and has been really powerful for my clients as well is to step back and to just be honest with yourself. and. Most of us aren't intentionally lying to ourselves. We've just programmed ourselves to believe certain things or to believe that we can't have certain things. So for example, when when I did that step back, um, I was also struggling with workaholism at the time too. Uh, I say I have a, a lot of uh, aholisms, workaholism, perfectionism, people pleasing. Those are those are all things that I'm in recovery for right now. Uh, but But at that time, I was still somewhat addicted to work from my corporate days. And in in my corporate days, I would go to work before the sun came up and I would leave after the sun went down. And I felt like if I wasn't at work when the sun was out, there was something wrong. Okay, clearly that's not healthy, right? Right. But I I brought some of that with me into building of my own business. And I I didn't realize I had brought that with me. So when I did step back and do some self-assessment, 
one of the things that I acknowledged was I don't want to work so much. In fact, I want to have a business model where I work a lot during the months that are cold. I live in the Midwest, so we have fall and winter that are kind of miserable from my personal perspective, but I right. love I love spring and summer. So what could I do? Would it even be possible to set up a business model that kind of ebbs and flows in a way that I get the seasons the way I want to spend the seasons? That sounded crazy. You know, nobody does that. Everybody works nine to five and, you know, and you hear the whole adage of business owners are going to work even more than that, right? And but I said, what if what if I allowed myself to have that? What what would that look like? And just started exploring it. First, I gave myself permission to even wonder, you know, even acknowledge that that was something I wanted. And, and maybe that was something that came to mind because both of my parents were teachers. You know, they had the summers off. Uh, okay. And and so the, the first step was just acknowledging that that was something that was floating around in my mind that I was denying myself. And just stop and say, no, this this is something I'd, I'd really like to have if I could. And giving myself permission to explore how that might possibly work and what that might possibly look like. And lo and behold, I, I have that now. My it's, it's amazing how it's worked out, but my, my work really does level off in the summer. I don't stop working. Uh, I still have clients. I still work with clients and I'm happy to work with them. But my schedule is such where I can have a lot more free time in the summer. And then I buckle down more in the months where I don't care to be outside anyway. Uh, but that all started by me really owning and claiming what I really wanted. And what was that that I really wanted? And there's a lot of people that don't give themselves permission for that. I agree. And, and I think that's so powerful, Stephanie, because, you know, I could be your brother when you started talking about perfectionism and pleasing people and stuff. And that's something that I've struggled with, you know, my whole life too. I always wanted everyone to be happy if we're doing a get together or something, make sure everybody's having a good time. And, you know, always wanting to make sure, especially pleasing, like you said, parents and teachers and all that stuff. And it, it's funny because you grow up as, you know, a, a good kid, you're doing well, but I think those qualities, when you get older and you really start figuring out who you want to be, what you want to be, and how we're talking about creating a business that's authentic to you, it just, it holds you back. It, yeah, and, it, it really can. Yeah, and I think it's so important that you really stopped. I mean, Tony Robbins talks about this, the power of asking questions. And you asked yourself a powerful question, how could I create a lifestyle business where the cold months here back in Chicago or in the Illinois area that I can just stay in and focus and then the spring and summer that I love tone it down a bit and you've actually created it but it all started with you actually putting that question out there for the first time and actually exploring it right which I don't think people how did you get the courage to do that I mean especially from being a perfectionist and a people pleaser how did you what, what did you come through what kind of mindset or process did you go through to allow yourself to explore that well, you alluded in your introduction that, that I had a, a health scare in 2009. I was told I wouldn't see 2010. And ultimately what was happening at that time in my life is my body was shutting down from the inside out, literally. And so my ability to go as heavy and as strong as what I had in the past didn't exist. Uh, so much so at the time my son was in second grade, 
and he would come home from school and take care of me. Uh, you know, dinner time, he'd cut up my food like you would a toddler and he'd help me eat because I didn't have enough energy to get into uh, the room where, where we ate as a family. So it was very humbling, uh, to say the least. Yeah. And I, I was told by a wonderful, wonderful individual that I worked with that helped me figure out what was going on with me and helped me be here today to have this conversation that I had to quit everything. And for a workaholic telling them to quit, it's like, no, 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 we can't, we can't do that. I can't quit. But I, but I did it because I was, I was told I needed to. And so right. in that process, I, I, I left all my volunteer activities. I left, uh, anything that I was doing in the community. I took my business down to almost nothing, um, because I pretty much had nothing to give and went to the bare minimum. And I had to be quiet a lot. The particular illness I had, uh, actually watching TV made it worse. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. So I was told to spend time in nature. I was told to read books that made me laugh. Uh, I was told to journal. All those things for a person that can't sit still was extremely difficult. All of them were extremely difficult for me. Um, now they're actually a part of my life. But, but in that reflection period of my life of getting healthy, I said, okay, I want to learn from this. And what did I do? to contribute to this particular situation. Because, uh, you know, if you keep doing what you've always been doing, you're always going to get what you've always got. And I didn't right. want to keep getting what I had been getting. <laughs> so, so I had to sit back and say, okay, I'm part of this equation. And what part of this equation can I change? And that's when I started giving myself permission to think about some painful, emotionally painful things and look at what I was doing to myself and explore why was I overworking and explore why was I a people pleaser and explore why was I perfectionist because that's all internal. That's all an inner game. There was yes. nobody that was making me do any of that but me. And so the first step was me taking full accountability for what was happening and not allowing myself to be a victim of the situation, but instead really looking and saying, okay, I contributed to this and what can I do to get myself out of it? And, you know, I worked with my, my healthcare person. Um, I also worked with a business coach, um, to help point out those spots where I was standing in my own way. Uh, because frequently when you're standing in your own way, you don't see it. Uh, you're too close to it. Right. And, that's the problem. And I did a lot of, a lot of inner work and really exploring who I was and what I really wanted. That's great. I mean, and that's the thing. That's I kind of got into personal development back a ways too. I was never a reader growing up. So it's funny. Now I just love, like you said, just devouring and getting that information and the research and studying the human mind and the body and the connection. And and uh, to me, it's, it's so important. I mean... Um, let me ask your opinion on this because I have my thoughts on it. But, Steffi, how important, I mean, if you want to put a percentage on it or whatever, but how important is mindset in creating a successful online business? I think mindset is critical for any business. You know, there, the way that you look at the world and the way that you perceive the world impacts your results directly. Absolutely or directly. 
And so if your mindset is not in alignment with what you have decided you want to do, then the subconscious starts doing these things. So, so you're not aware of them, right? Self-sabotage comes up and you start doing things that will hold you back. Sometimes self-sabotage is obvious. Sometimes it's more subtle, but that's all within your, it's all controllable within your mindset and how you perceive what's going on around you and how you perceive what you deserve in life. So how does one go about controlling that? Wow. Control. You know, that's. <laughs> All right. Let's not say control. How does one manage it? Let's put it that way. <laughs> so I'm also a recovering control freak. So that's why, why it's yes. kind of made me laugh a little bit too. Um, one of the things I learned is that there's a lot of things you can't control. But, but when it comes to looking at your own outlook. The more that you can be introspective, the more that you can be intentional about what's going on with your responses to things. So I call it being rather than doing. You know, a to-do list is really important, but how you are being within that to-do list becomes even more important. So here's an exercise that that I teach my clients. It's it's the beginning steps of kind of exploring your own mindset because uh, there's a lot of different techniques. I mean, we don't. We don't have time to cover all of them in this show, right? No, no. But, but, but if you could share what's working for you, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So if you look at any situation that you have that presents itself in your life, you have an opportunity for how you're going to respond to it. So what I would encourage everybody listening to try, maybe try it for a week, is at the beginning of your day, maybe even before you get out of bed. Decide the type of person that you want to be regardless of what comes at you. So let's go with an example that I think most people who are driving can, can relate to. Uh, you're, you're on the interstate or you're on the freeway, tollway, whatever you call it in your particular part of the world, and you're driving and all of a sudden somebody comes in and they cut you off. Now, for some people, their immediate response is going to be aggravation, irritation, frustration, can't believe that, da 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 da, just cut me off, and how dare they, and all this negative stuff, right? Right. But, but maybe you're, you're trying this experiment that I'm posing here, and at the beginning of your day, you decided that you were going to be uh, understanding and compassionate. And that's how you were going to approach everything in this particular day. And so somebody now cuts you off and you're saying, okay, I'm good. How can I be understanding and compassionate in this particular situation? And like, well, you know, maybe they're rushing to the hospital. Maybe somebody's in, in trouble. You know, maybe, maybe there's something else going on in their life that is making them not as aware of how they're impacting things. Now that's a really um, simple example. It's not always so simple in application. Uh, I have clients that will avoid this exercise because it makes them think about how they're responding to what's coming at them within their life. You know, what's what they're they are perceiving and how they're responding. What's really interesting, though, is this one simple exercise will frequently help people increase sales. It will improve their overall relationships, whether it's personal relationships or business relationships. It can help them see opportunities that they otherwise wouldn't see, all from just being very intentional and very conscious at the beginning of the day and then practicing it of how am I going to respond to everything that I experience within my day? Because there's always more than one way to perceive something that happens to you. 
Yes, and that's the whole thing, perception. We let I, I see so many of us just react like you were talking about, but I love how you said, you know, in the very first part of your day, set your intention because now that intention is going to cover every situation you come across because this is how you plan to be, as you say, be for that day. So instead of being in a reactive mode and letting the outside world control our inner world, we're setting an intention where we're, we're basically building that inner muscle to say, hey, when this outside event happens, I'm not going to just react to it. I'm going to respond to it in a more compassionate, understanding type of attitude. So I, I love it. I think that's very powerful. And, and, you know, I think you used a very important phrase there of exercise that muscle. Anything that has to do with your mindset. So, sometimes you could have a, you know, somebody could give you an insight and all of a sudden you have this quick mindset shift. But a lot of times it's about building your muscle with your mindset, just like it is building your muscles if you're lifting weights. And so with with this exercise, you can decide who you're going to be. Maybe you choose loving. Maybe you choose joyous. Maybe you choose empowering. You know, it, it doesn't matter. There's slews and slews of different adjectives you can pick. Pick ones that, that fit who you are, right? Not who I am. Right. But then at the end of the day, review your day. How'd you do? You know, what happened? And that's where the awareness comes in. Because in the moment when you get cut off, when you're first starting to practice this type of thing, you may not notice what your response was. And you may not be conscious enough to not go into that knee-jerk, responsive uh, mode that, that we go into. Right. But if you review your day at the end of the day and say, you know, how did, how did I do with that being joyous? Or how did I do with being loving? Oh, you know, I had this fight with my husband that I probably wasn't very loving. I didn't really listen to what he said. And by doing that review, you start training. You start training yourself and you become more and more aware and more and more intentional every single time. Uh, a lot of my clients do journaling, but, and that's one of the ways that we work together. And it's always so fascinating watching them review their day and go, oh my gosh, this is what I did. But over time, that completely shifts. And when you first start, you're like, okay, who do I want to be? What does that mean? Ugh. You know, you don't <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> even know what words. I don't even know what words to pick. And, but, but with practice, it's, it's automatic. It becomes a part of who you are. Just like brushing your teeth. You know, when, when you're a little kid, learning how to brush your teeth is, is not always an easy experience. But by the time you're an adult, hopefully most of us can do that without even thinking about it. You know, it's kind of, we're on autopilot when we're brushing our teeth. The same thing is true with mindset. It, there, there are different things that you may want to put into your own who you are that at first may not be so easy, but over time and with repetition, they become just a natural part of who you are. And then you're not even thinking about it. And that's the shift in your mindset. Yeah, that's, I, I love it. And I, I think I saw on your website when I was going through there, you, you talk about um, how critical it is to developing positive habits in one's business. What, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of yeah, and I believe that totally. So what are some of the things that you do or maybe a process or how do you implement those positive habits so they eventually become a part of you and it becomes natural and automatic that you can go on and, and, and it's just going to have a positive effect on your business? So building habits is something that's really personal uh, for, for each individual and what works for one person could completely bomb for another person. So... 
one tip that I have for anybody that's wanting to build new habits is start with a small number of habits that you're really wanting to build and focus in on. Get those nailed, get those really solid, and then add another one. A, a big mistake that I see a lot of people make is they, you know, let's say somebody wants to lose weight, right? And so all of a sudden they pick these 25 different things that they've read in books or heard on podcasts or what have you, these 25 different things that they want to do, and they try to do them all at once. And then they fail because 25 things is a lot of things to try to change all at once. What works better is if you prioritize and say, okay, these are the first one to three things that I wanna shift. And then here are the systems I'm gonna put in place to remind me that I wanna do those things. You know, so using fitness or, or health or healthy brain uh, as an example, maybe you decide you need to drink more water in your day. I highly encourage you to do that. But maybe you don't think about drinking water all the time. So maybe you set alarms throughout your day. Have you drank your water? How's your water doing? Where's your water at right now? As simple reminders, until you get into a pattern, they say, what, 27 days to form a habit? And the same thing is with personal rituals or, or things that you put in place to make yourself uh, the better version of you. And if you start small, you'll actually build habits faster because you're focusing in on whatever that thing is that you're wanting to add into your day and getting it really solid, then you can add another thing versus being more scattered and trying to do too much at once. Right. So would you say like maybe maximum three when you're trying that process just so you don't get overwhelmed with 20 different things you're trying to implement? Absolutely. Is that like a good number? Absolutely. And, and if you're somebody that happens to be easily distracted, I would say make that number even smaller. So that, that is yeah, something you can that. really focus in on. Yes, you can really hone in on it. But I think that's the thing. Problem is when people want to change, they want it right now. So they try and incorporate everything at once. And if you just look at it as, you know, this is going to be, I try to look at things like, especially like with diet and exercise, instead of trying to say, okay, I want to be at this goal in a year. I look at it as saying, you know what, this is the rest of my life. Right. I want to have something that's sustainable, that's not a fad diet that I'm not going to be able to do, but just eat healthy and exercise, but not make it, okay, in a year, in 18 months or whatever. I want to just say, it's a lifetime goal. So it may take me a little bit longer to hit to where I want to be or where I feel comfortable. But I think that way, you, you can implement things slowly because you're not on a race now against a clock, you know, because your health is important. You want to maintain that throughout your life, not just, hey, summer's coming up. I want that beach body or I'm getting married or I'm going on a cruise or something. Instead of just doing it for an event, do it for this is my life. This is who I want to actually be in your words, you know, actually being that person. Right. So I think that's that's an important thing to, that I know that's worked for me. Well, and you know, it, it, it holds true for everything, right? So let's say that we're talking about your business and one of the habits that you want to make is that in the morning you want to do all your follow-ups first thing. Follow-ups are really important in a business and a lot of people lose sales because they don't have a good follow-up system. And that is a habit that you need to be able to build if it's something that you don't do. The, the same thing holds true. If you decide that you're going to do a follow-up system and you're also gonna write a blog post and oh yeah, I'm gonna draft out that that interview that I'm gonna do on my pocket. You know, you have, if you try to do a bunch of different stuff at once, something's gonna fall through the cracks. Versus if you say, okay, 
until I get this follow-up system a part of who I am, I'm going to keep targeting the follow-up system as what I want to do on a regular basis. And what's really interesting behind all of that is that when you target it in and you focus on it, you build that habit and that ritual faster. Right. It, it feels like it's going to be slower because you're picking fewer things and most people want to have this really big list. But when you yes. target in, when you target in, you can actually get more done within a year if you work it that way instead. Yes, I agree with that. Absolutely. It's like when you start trying to do a few different projects, like say you're trying to, um, for your example, you're going to be writing a book and you want to do another project and, and you got five different projects that are partway done, but nothing right. bringing in the income or is right. building your list for you, but you got five things going. If you would have just focused on that one and got it done where now it's list building for you or it's producing some type of income stream for your business and then moved on to the next, you'd be so much better off. So, exactly. yeah, I, th I think that's so important. Now, going to what we were talking about earlier, um, Stephanie, is as far as someone trying to find out what they want, someone wants to figure out, okay, I'm doing this online business, and but I don't really think it's I'm being authentic. Maybe I'm too niched, like you said, um, which I hear that all the time. Pick a niche, be focused, and, and, and touch that market. And I liked how you said, you know what, there's so much more of me that I can offer and that I can really touch more lives and improve more lives by, by doing it my way instead of what the gurus say. So how does one start out and say, okay, how do I sit back, reflect, and come up with what I want to do as an online business and who do I want to serve? Well, what I would encourage you to do in that instance is start by brainstorming on a pad of paper or how what or typing into something whatever way you brainstorm best right there's different styles for different people but start right. by by identifying all the things that you do well and then identify all the things that you like to do so you know, I, I have a lot of different skills. Some of the things I really, really get fired up about. And some of the things are like, well, yeah, I can do that, <laughs> but I don't necessarily want to make my living doing it. Um, so in making those two lists, then you look and see where's the overlap and you look, you start allowing yourself to be creative about what's going on with your skills that they can then the next step is looking at who needs those different skills that you have. And you align all those things together to start figuring out what you really want to do with your business. Right. It, it really depends on the type of business that you are delivering. You know, some people are, are service-based business owners. Some people are more product-based business owners. Some people absolutely adore people. Some people would rather not have contact with people. And so how all that fleshes out in the end is going to look different for probably everybody that's listening to this show. But the, the right. point to it is to start by being really open and honest about what it is that you want to do. And then the next step is to look through and say, which one of these activities would actually be of benefit to someone? Because people aren't going to pay you if it's not a benefit to them. Bottom line, right. uh, it has to be a benefit or they're not buying. And you can look at those different elements and pull them together. For some people, that's all it takes. For other people, 
they benefit from working with a business consultant or a business coach that can help them look at those elements and create a business model that's going to work for them. There are millions of different ways to make money. And, yes. and the reality is, why not make money doing stuff you actually like? I love it. And that's so important. I mean, you're going to be happy. You're going to put in the effort. And when things get challenging, you're going to stick with it because you, you love it and you have a passion for it. You're not going to just give up at the first drop of a hat to say, oh, I just tried, you know, um, affiliate marketing or I tried PPC and, you know, I didn't really have an interest in it. And, ah, this is kind of tough. And you'll just stop doing that instead of actually reflecting, like you said, looking, you know, being self-aware of what your talents are and your skills. And do I want to work with people? Do I not want to work with them face to face? So I think that's, that's so important. Now, when someone finally figures that out on there, Stephanie, what would they do then to find, um, and go and try and pick an audience to serve now? What would be the best way to, to find that? And do you believe in creating a uh, specific like avatar for that audience? You know, avatar, ideal client, dream client, the, the terminology is, is all over the place with, with right. that. Um, but ultimately, it's really beneficial for you to be really clear on who it is that you want to serve. Who, who is it that you're going to be really excited to work with? Uh, you know, I, I, I mentioned before about when I was ill and I realized that I had been taking on clients that drained me and that didn't really lift me up. And with my energy really depleted, I couldn't afford to continue that pattern. So I sat down and I defined what I really wanted, but I did that in a little bit of a different way. I know that you've heard about niching. We've talked about it here. And that's not really what I mean though. I said the work went a lot deeper. And so I looked at my client avatar, my ideal client from a few different perspectives. So you've heard of demographic, you know, what's their age, uh, right. what, what's their background, you know, some of the, the, the general information about a client. And then you can also look at geographic. Where do they live? Where do they like to vacation? Then you can look at psychographic. And this is one of my favorites. And this is where a lot of my clients really like diving in. Who are they really as a person? What What is going on about them that you'd love to have time with? So for example, the psychographic elements are all about how they respond to things. How quickly do they talk? How quickly do they answer questions? Um, are they a deep thinker or are they a high level person? And you really get into the elements of what make them who they are. And then you can also look at their energetic level. You know, are they somebody that's a go, 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 go person? Or are they somebody that's more reserved? Um, are they somebody that likes to listen to a lot of podcasts? Or are they somebody that likes to do a lot of reading? Now, I've had people when, when I express these different elements say, why do I care? I just want somebody that's going <laughs> to pay me. Right? <laughs> but, but the more that you know about the people that you want to work with, the more strategic you get in your marketing copy, 
the more strategic you get in where you're visible. Again, there are so many different ways now that you can be visible in your business and being really clear on what your ideal client is doing, where are they hanging out? You know, if if you have somebody that's spending a lot of time on Facebook, but they aren't doing anything on Google Plus, then why are you over on Google Plus? Right. Yes. Or the reverse could right. be true. Maybe maybe you're working with uh, people that are in more corporate environments. Maybe that's your your target market and you're spending all your time over on Facebook while they're hanging out over on LinkedIn. Right? Then it matters because you're not where they are. And so the more that you get really clear on who those people are, the more specific you can become within your marketing strategy. And what that does for you is it frees up your time. Because rather than going everywhere and being everywhere, you get much more strategic about where you're spending your time and how you're spending your time. The other thing that does for you is when you're writing blog posts or when you are recording something or when you're doing a guest article on entrepreneur.com, you know exactly who you're talking to. And when you know exactly who you're talking to, you get more specific. And when you get more specific, the people feel that they're being talked to. They're like, oh my gosh. You know, I've had instances where I've spoken in front of audiences and when I'm done, people will come to me. They'll come up to me and say, I felt like you were talking directly to me. That's That's powerful. That's what you want, right? And you can do that when you're really super clear on who your ideal client is. And, And some people, like I said, they call it the avatar as well. Same type of idea. It's the same thing. Right. Now, let me kind of understand what you're saying on there, Stephanie. So when you do this, are you creating your dream customer as as basically who you want to serve and who you think would be your perfect client? Or are you kind of trying to figure out, okay, here's my market. And obviously, there's going to be different personalities within your market. But are you trying to get just like a general feel for that? Or are you trying to say, this is in my market, this is the person that I want to talk to? Is that what you're basically saying? Right. I mean, so so okay. if we're talking about being fully authentic in the work that you do, we've talked about yes. picking the even how you do your work and picking the work that you do. But then why would you then say, well, I'll work with anybody, even if they're people I don't enjoy? Um, that doesn't make a lot right. of sense. And ultimately it takes you out of alignment and it, and it takes you out of your own authenticity. If, if you are trying to be all things to all people. So in identifying your ideal client, yeah, you're, you're really saying who, who would I want my customers to be? Who would I want my clients to be? So for example, when, and, and here's a kind of a, a refinement of that when you're looking at it. At one point, I said I wanted to work with people that were overwhelmed because I was thinking, you know, they need clarity and I can help them with that and overwhelmed people need mindset help and they need business help. And what I found when I was using the word overwhelmed in my marketing copy is that I started having people come to me that were so overwhelmed they were paralyzed. Oh, no. And for me, I like seeing quick progress. So for me to have joy in my business, I like working with people that are ready to take action and they're going to work with it. Yeah, they have things that they need to work through and that's okay, That's we work on that. But once they work through those things, then they're actually going to take action. That's part of what brings me joy in my business. So when I started getting people that were so overwhelmed that they were paralyzed, 
I wasn't having any fun anymore because in my business, I'm not a babysitter. That's not the type of consulting and coaching that I do. I'm not an accountability coach. I'm not somebody that you're going to come to week after week after week and tell me why you didn't do something. Um, that's not where I get my joy. Right. And so by changing that word, I don't use the word overwhelmed very much in my writing anymore because that's not who I want to attract. That's not the type of person that, that I want to be working with. And so you can do the same thing. I mean, you could even specify and say, I want people that pay their bills on time. I know that sounds silly, yeah. but, but in terms of specifying it, but it's something that you can put in there and you start getting really, really clear about who you want to work with, you know? So if, so if you're really conscious about people that pay their bills on time, you may not want to be targeting groups that are, you know, a, a Facebook group that, of people that have credit issues. However, if you're a credit counselor and you, and you know that Another there's, story. yeah, that's, then it's a whole different deal. So it's not that there, that there's good people and bad people. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying right. that there are people that are more ideal for you than other people. And so when you get really clear on, what that population of people has going on, both within their personality and who they are, where they hang out, what they do, what they're focused on, what their problems are, then it becomes really easy to figure out products, programs, and service delivery for how you can help those people. And you have fun in the process of doing it. What? You can do run a business and have fun? Yes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I thought it was supposed it. to be hard work and uh, boring. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, I, um, I've, I've see all the memes that are out there about, you know, I'll, I'll rest when I'm dead or yeah. all those work hard, work hard mentalities and understand that I believe in doing the hard work. I, I don't, I'm not one of those people that says dream it and it'll happen. Uh, you gotta, you gotta dream it. You gotta plan it. You gotta implement so there's work that you need to do, but you can be really strategic and mindful about the work that you choose to do because what's fun for you may be miserable for somebody else. You know, I don't yes. like doing my accounting. I have someone else that does my accounting for me, but my accountant, Wendy, Wendy loves accounting. She loves numbers. She loves all the legislation around it. You know, she she can come back from an, a conference where it's all the new rules that are happening with business and she's jazzed, right? And I'm looking at that thinking, why? But but that's the beauty of, of the real diversity of the world that we live in is that there's different types of work for different types of people. And if everybody allows themselves to sit in the space that's in truly alignment with who they are, then you don't have to should yourself all the time. You can actually enjoy the work you're doing. The people that you're working with feel that because so they're going to enjoy it more, which then that also improves your referral rate too. Oh, yes. And, and that's why I was so excited to have you on here, Stephanie, because so many people, and I think with online businesses, if you want to say anything that you're doing online, a lot of people, you know, start out saying, I want to quit my job. A lot of them, some just want to supplement their income, but there's a lot that want to go full-time online and they don't do the foundation work that you're talking about that I think is so critical. They, they go on and they hear, oh, affiliate marketing is, is the way to go when you start out and they just go do that. And then like you've talked about, they start following the gurus and they're doing all this stuff that the gurus say, but it's not fitting their personality 
and they wonder why they're failing. They're like, this this stuff doesn't work. Right. I'm doing what they say, but it doesn't work. It's because they didn't take the time to, one, look at their self-awareness and say, what do I want? What type of lifestyle business? Like we taught, you mentioned it perfectly. There's so many out there where you see these memes. It's all about the hustle. I'm up at 5 a.m. and I'm working till 11 or midnight at night. You know what? If that's what you want to do and that makes you happy, more power to you. But there's other people that want more of a lifestyle business to balance it with family and vacation time or you with the seasons, you know? Right. But you're able to create that. But if you never sit down and think about it, then you're just going to pick something to try and make money online and it's not going to work because you're just trying to make money. You're not really trying to create a sustainable business that's going to be happy, make you happy, and serve the people that your skills and talents can provide value to. So I think it's so important and I love how you were talking about this. Well, and that's why I was excited. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to share an, an example of that if that would be helpful for you. Yes, please do. I have a, a client that I worked with that before she became my client, we had, she happens to be local. That doesn't happen very often. I work with people all over the globe, but we, we went and, and met for coffee and I just asked her, you know, how's it going? And I thought it was a pretty standard question that you ask. And it right. just so happened that it hit at just the right moment where she started tearing up. And, oh, wow. and she said, well, it's, it's been better. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? You know, I got concerned in that, in that instance. And she says, well, you know, I used to be so good at sales, Stephanie. You, you knew that I was good at sales. I'm like, yeah, you, you're fantastic. And she says, I haven't had a sale in seven months. Okay. And right, right. And I'm like, well, what, what's going on? She's like, I, I don't know. I think there's something wrong with me. And so we talked about mindset and we talked about what she was currently doing. Now, what ultimately happened in her situation is that she had decided to sign up for a mastermind program for someone that she thought was really impressive and uh, had fabulous marketing. And she signed right. up for this mastermind program without looking at what this person did to grow their business. Uh, and how it aligned with who my client actually was. And so what happened is, as this coach was teaching how to sell, she was actually teaching a methodology that for my client felt very manipulative and felt very sleazy. And so my client had paid to be in this mastermind. You know, she put money to implementing these techniques. And so she kept trying to do what this other coach was telling her to do. Uh, you know, do do your sales calls in 20 minutes and force them into a decision. Well, the, oh the, the type of people that she works with are actually larger organizations. And that type of sales strategy doesn't work with larger organizations. And right. so while she was trying to do what she was being taught to do, her insides were curdling, right? They're like, it just didn't feel good. Her, her whole body was closing in on itself every time she had a sales conversation. And no matter how good a program was that she was wanting to sell, her body language and her tone of voice was coming through in those conversations, not to mention that those conversations were not the right way to have a sales conversation with the people she wanted to serve. Oh, wow. And so we ultimately, we got into uh, a program. Uh, I have a money mindset and magnetism program. And we started working together. And the first thing we did was give her permission to sell in a way that feels good to her. 
And we talked about what does that look like and how does that work and what had she done in the past that was successful and what could we bring back into her business systems and what could we tweak to make it even more effective for her, but let it be aligned to who she was. And within 32 days of starting our work together, she had sold a five-figure program. So it, it was all about aligning who she really was and her value system with a sales process that matched that. Now, does that mean that the person that she took her mastermind from is a horrible, manipulative person? No, it means that this other person was selling to a totally different group of people where the techniques that she was teaching were effective, but they weren't a match for my client. And so there was a disconnect and it was, you know, it was incongruent and that's why it wasn't working for her. And a lot of people will go and buy programs without having an understanding of who the person is that's teaching the program and how that aligns to who they are. So following people's direction, you know, looking, looking at systems and processes that have worked for people in the past is a smart way to do business, but only if those systems and processes align to who you are and what your goals are. Yes. Audience, I hope you guys are paying attention to what Stephanie's saying here. It's so true. A lot of people want to skip this foundational part. They think it's boring and, oh, I don't want to go through that. It's a lot of thinking. I just want to start making money. But what Stephanie is saying is so, so important to your business. And if you're trying to create an online business and you want it to be something that's going to be sustainable and serve people for a long period of time, you need to put in this work and you need to do this because you're going to be so much happier. You're going to serve the right people and it's going to make so much difference in your life and in others' lives. So I totally, you're totally on point there, Stephanie. I I love it. Well, and you know, Um, you mentioned uh, affiliate marketing a few times in this conversation. I've even had client experiences where they, they wanted to do affiliate marketing. And so they started by looking at the percentage payout right? How much can I make if I I sell stuff without actually looking at the product? And what they found was that they weren't getting a lot of results. And so then when we look deeper, well, they weren't really promoting the products. Well, you can't just, you know, sign up for an affiliate and people magically buy it. You have to promote it. And so then we look closer into, well, why aren't you promoting it? You know, and these are all these subconscious sabotaging things that we do. And what it, what it really was, was that even though they were high payout products, they were products that they didn't really believe in. They weren't excited about them. You know, there was, they, they didn't have a lot that they could say about it and it wasn't tied to who they were or anything that they were interested in. And so they said, okay, your assignment is to now go out and find some products that actually align to what you like. You know, if, right. if, if you love dogs, maybe a dog training program would be a good affiliate program to be a part of. You know, it doesn't have to be super complex. It can be really that simple. Uh, but once they were able to identify products that they were excited to talk about, all of a sudden their sales exploded again because they were doing the promotion. They weren't putting it off. They weren't procrastinating. They weren't self-sabotaging. They were actually doing the business. Right. Wow. Now, on your your website, Stephanie, you talk about visibility blocks, and could you kind of explain what a visibility block is and how can it sabotage your online success? Oh, I love 
talking about visibility blocks. Now, visibility blocks are actually, uh, in, in really simple terms, visibility blocks keep you from being visible. And it's, it's really simple. It keep, they keep you from doing what you need to do. So maybe you decided that you're going to blog and you're not blogging. Maybe you decided you're going to do more video and you're not doing video. Maybe you've decided that you, um, you know, any, any visibility activity, any marketing activity. And there are these subconscious things that go on in the back of your mind. There's subconscious deep beliefs that we have about putting ourselves out there. And there's a lot of different kinds of blocks. Uh, maybe it'd be helpful for me to, to share a list and people can yeah, see what's great. what's in for them. Okay, so the other thing I'll tell you is that often visibility blocks are also uh, subtle money blocks. So you may have money things going on that show up in terms of you holding yourself back from being visible. So I'll go through these really fast. If any of these sound familiar, yeah, probably have a visibility block. So not making an ask, not giving a call to action or an offer, uh, fear of failure, fear of success, uh, money issues or not having enough money or having money drama in your life. Uh, maybe you're camera shy. Uh, procrastination, perfectionism, um, overwhelmed with how to start, imposter syndrome, I'm not good enough. Telling yourself, this has already been done before and I need to do something unique. Okay guys, the, and, and I'll pause on that one. If it's unique and no one else is doing it, there's probably a reason for it. It's probably not yes. something that's going to make you money. Um, it's, it's, you you want to put your own spin on stuff, but if you're coming up with something that is 100% totally unique and new, it's, it's quite possible that it's not something that's going to make you money. Um, having miscellaneous distractions come up on you all the time, holding on to control, telling yourself you don't have time, telling yourself, I just can't trust anyone, I'm the only one that can do this right. If you're experiencing lots of foggy thinking where you can't make decisions, if you have guilt, uh, if you desire to lose weight first, that was one of mine for a while. I wasn't going to do video until I lost 10 pounds. <laughs> like okay. pe people, people don't care how much I weigh. They want the information, right? But that was one of mine. Uh, worry. What if no one's interested in this? Overwhelmed with technology. All of those things are different signs that you may have some visibility blocks, even over giving and over delivering can be a way of or a sign that you have visibility blocks and things that are going on in your subconscious that are keeping you from fully being the, the best version of you possible. Wow. I, that's, that's great. I, this is a, a thing I want to delve deeper in. Now, let's pick something on here, Stephanie. Is there something that you can kind of maybe walk us through a, a I don't know, maybe a process or something that you go through to help alleviate a visibility block. Um, let's do, I don't know, some of the things that really stood out to me that I think are so important to people. One is I'm not enough. And I think that covers mm. so many different areas. Just that one is so important. Um, I love the money block. A lot of people, no, no, I want to make money. They don't realize they have money blocks. Um, and then I love how you said like the fear of like being on camera and stuff like that. So, I don't know, maybe pick one of those and kind of sure. kind of share with how sure. someone could kind of deal with that visibility block and maybe resolve that issue or, or something. So let's let's go with the I'm not good enough. 
Because that one, yes, so. that one is one that a lot of people have, and, and 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 I struggled with it for a while as well. And so, what I want to tell you, I think we all do. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's really it's really interesting because everybody I come in contact with, whether they're a colleague or not, has some kind of block, right? I mean, I yes. I've worked with people that have never started a business, and I've worked with people that are million dollar business owners, and they all have different elements of this. And so what's interesting is every time that you go to level up in your business, whatever that level up is, uh, frequently some kind of, am I good enough, imposter syndrome, who am I to do this, can, can crop to the surface. And so one, there's and there's a lot of different exercises that you can get to, and really different people will show up with this particular affliction, if you will, uh, for, yeah. for different reasons. And some of them go all the way back to things that happened when you were a kid. Uh, sometimes it may be a failure that you had rather recently, that all of a sudden you're questioning yourself uh, and, and everything in between. So the whys of it are also interesting to get into in, in particular circumstances. But one exercise that helps most everybody is to actually start understanding the impact that you can make, you know, the, the I'm not good enough element of it. Start with a circle uh, on a piece of paper and think through and, and kind of draw these concentric circles around it and look at all the different elements of impact that you'll have if you do something. So let's say that you are a leadership coach, just to kind of pick an example here for this conversation. And you are working with really strained and drained business owners who have a team that is really ineffective. And you're like, well, I'm not, a, I'm not somebody that has that in my life. Who am I to actually go help them? But you're really, really good at communication. And you're really good at seeing how people can communicate better. But you have this thing going on in your head about you know, who am I to do this? What you can do is actually start looking at impact of the work that you do and say, if, if I do this work, how is it going to impact their business life? And what's going to happen if they improve their communication? Using this as an example. Well, if they improve their communication, they're gonna have less infighting in the business and they're going to have better customer service. And you, know, you list all those different reasons. You say, okay, great, there's a business impact to the work, the, the, the way that I can help people. Um, what's a personal impact if I help someone become a better communicator. And you outline all the different personal things. Well, they're going to have better personal relationships. They're going to have fewer arguments, which leads to less stress. And less stress leads to greater creativity. And all of a sudden, you almost mind map it out for all the different ways that changing this one thing that you do well can have an impact on other people. And you start seeing how it can become something that you do a business on. Because a lot of people with that, I'm not good enough, can I do this, are looking at something they do well, but then not seeing how it directly affects the bigger scope of things. You know, so I had a client, you know, the, the, the situation where you're talking about a, a leadership person and being really, really good at communication, you could say, but I don't help businesses make money. You know, I can't say that. Who am I to say that? Well, ultimately, that person that is good at communication is helping businesses make money. Because if you can't communicate clearly, you can't make money. 
And so it's a matter right. of drawing all the connection points and becoming really, really clear on those connection points with the type of work that you do. And once you start being able to see the different connection points, then you start seeing how you can claim your brilliance, how you can claim your skill area with what you're doing. Now, if your I'm not good enough comes from a more internal place, a more uh, self-worth place, then I would encourage you to start with a journaling of all of the things that you've done within the last 10 years that have had an impact on people and really start consciously recognizing the value that you bring to the world. Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about really big, you know, Pulitzer Prize types of things. I'm saying, look for really simple things. You know, when I go to the grocery store, I make sure that I recognize everybody from the person checking me out to the kid that's bagging my groceries. And I recognize them as, as human beings and they smile and I light up their world before I leave. You know, that's really, um, a simple example, but when you start listing all the different ways that you have a positive impact on those that are around you, you can start seeing your worth and then you can expand that to the work that you do as well. Yes. Take the focus off you. Everybody's so worried about, like you said earlier about, oh, when I lose some weight, I'll then I'll start making videos and you nailed it. It's the message. The people are there for your message. They're not going to sit there and judge you and oh your hair's parted different or, or whatever it may be they're there for the message so i'm definitely going to be doing that exercise stephanie i appreciate that that's that's great well and i think the okay, other the other thing to to recognize is that if you're in business you are there and, and you're successful you're there to help people in one way or another. And so the yes. more that you can keep that in the forefront of your mind, uh, the more that you can work through things as well. And and again, some of these things are, are deeper and at a more emotional level. I think all of us have them. And in some instances, you're better served by having someone else come in and help you work through those things. Right, perfect. As a coach like yourself, right? Sure, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Perfect. Yeah couple more questions for you, Stephanie. Sure. Let me ask you, what is your definition of a successful business mindset? Ooh, a successful business mindset is really something that allows you to serve others in a way that's not holding you back, uh, in a way that allows you to fully be you, that is authentic, that doesn't add shoulds and forceful thought processes to it. A successful business mindset allows you to make money while being who you are fully authentically. I love it. Perfect. What would be a final message that you would want the mindset listeners to truly get about running a successful and sustainable online business? Like kind of what would be, say, guys, this is what I really want you to get foundationally or whatever, that this is an important message. If you take this, you could build from here and create a great business. You know, 
everybody listening understand that you deserve a business that is profitable and life-loving. And it doesn't have to be something that drains you on a daily basis in order to be successful. Success is defined in very broad terms. Yes, you wanna make money, no doubt about it. If you're in business, that's part of it. But also build something that lets you live your life in a way that's fulfilling. Uh, You know, my experience is that life can be very short. I almost lost mine and that put me in a very different perspective for how I looked at everything that I'm doing. But you don't have to have a near-death experience to make a shift. You can do that today. Right now, the minute this recording is done, you can start looking at the things that really fill you up and coming up with strategies for how to make that happen. Yes. Audience, take Stephanie's advice. Please do what she says. It's going to make an impact in your business and other people's lives. Now, how can the Mindset Family connect with you online? Where are you? Probably social media, website, and so forth. Sure. Uh, The easiest way is to go to stephaniecallahan.com. And Callahan is spelled with one L, so that's C-A-L-A-H-A-N. So stephaniecallahan.com. On that site, I have all my social connections. You can find them in the upper header and you can find them in the footer. And they are all me. Uh, I don't hire somebody to do my social media communication. Uh, I believe connection is really important. And so I don't want anyone else to be me where, where that's concerned. That's part of my authenticity. Right. And so I love, I love connecting with different people. Brian, that's, that's how we connected was through Facebook. We found each other through Facebook. Uh, and, and I love hearing about how you're doing. If you have any questions, uh, I'm more than happy to have an intercourse, you know, to conversation with you and connect there, whatever, all of them, one of them, two of them, you know, whatever works for you. And if, if you're interested in going deeper and figuring out how to create a business that is really aligned to who you are, then I'm more than happy to have a conversation with you too. Oh, I appreciate it, Stephanie. And plus also you made a generous offer to, to the audience that you said you would offer uh, own your brilliance strategy session. Tell us a little bit about what that is and how people can take advantage of that. Sure. So the own your brilliance strategy session is a conversation with me where we sit down and we look at what you have going on in your business today, along with any challenges that you have and your dreams and aspirations and what you want. And we come up with a plan for how you can get there. You know, what what does that look like? Now, within that conversation, um, we may explore opportunities of working with me or we may not. Um, Sometimes me and my services are the perfect fit and sometimes they're not and that's okay. My goal in the Own Your Brilliant Strategy session is by the end of the call, you've had some ahas, you get some clarity to figure out what your next steps are and you have resources to do that. And the way that you can apply for uh, Own Your Brilliant Strategy session is just to go to stephaniecallahan.com and within the navigation, there's a button that says work with me and click on that button and ask for an intake form It's clearly within that page and you'll get a a web 
form that you can fill out. Essentially, that's just letting me know what's going on in your business. I read every single one of those so that I can be fully prepared for our conversation and come with the, the most insight that I can so that we can make the biggest bang for the time that you spend within the conversation. I don't take your time lightly um, and I'm honored anytime that, that someone wants to spend some time and figure out how they can make their business the way that they really want it to be. That is so awesome. And also on here, guys, um, Stephanie has a great guide on her website called Increase Sales and Attract More Clients by Designing Who You Want to Be. Um, it's a free guide that she gives away. Is that correct, Stephanie? Yes, yes. It's a free guide. Mm-hmm. They just have. So, guys, take advantage of her resources. Please, when you're done listening to this, explore more into Stephanie. She has so much to offer. She has so much knowledge, as you can see on here, not just about creating a successful business, but also the mindset behind it, which, as you guys know, this is what this whole podcast is about. It's called The Marketer's Mindset for a reason, because I think mindset is so important to your success. Uh, Like Stephanie said, yeah, there's tacticals, there's strategies, and you can all learn that. You can Google things. You can go to webinars, listen to podcasts. You can get all that stuff. But the mindset, you need to work on that daily. Build that muscle, like Stephanie said. It's a muscle, guys. You can't do it once and think you're there. It's a daily thing, but you're going to be so much happier, so much more successful on your terms, and you're going to provide so much value to the right audience, and they're going to really connect with you. So, listen to this podcast again there's so many great things that stephanie shared stephanie ah this was awesome i so much appreciate your time and you just you shared so many good things on here that i'm going to go back and listen through it and i'm going to go through and do these um strategies and things that you shared on here these exercises because i think it's so powerful oh well thank you so much for having me on you are more than welcome okay guys until next time i wish you guys a brilliant life Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really and truly appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about developing a strong, successful mindset, then go ahead and subscribe by clicking the I'm in button below this podcast. Each week I try to deliver great content that you can learn and apply immediately to help develop a better mindset so you can build a great online business and hopefully a better life. So if you like what we're trying to do here at The Marketer's Mindset, then help us spread the message and give us a rating and review on iTunes so we can help more online marketers. Lastly, I want to hear from you. So if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss or an online marketer that you would like us to interview, then send me an email to brian at themarketersmindset.com. Thanks again. I love you guys. And until next week, take care, and I wish you a brilliant life.